Welcome to this, the third message in Pastor Tim's teaching from Psalm 107. Today, Pastor Tim will be teaching from verses 17 through 22 with a message entitled, God Forgives the Profane. In our passage today, we discover that drug and alcohol abuse, whether legal or illegal, leads a person down a wearisome path that lands a person and his family in great need. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. You can have a seat. Hopefully your Bible probably is permanently opened to Psalm 107, or at least it seems that way. For the last three weeks, that's where we've been. Thank you to my lovely assistants, or to my assistants. Psalm 107 is where we are again today. There are four different groups of people that are mentioned in this passage, four groups of people that find themselves in deep and genuine need. Now, some of those groups that we have looked at so far um, have been people that I might look at and say, oh yeah, I, I probably know somebody like that, you know, or, or, or that, that one really doesn't fit me very well. Now, I'm not going to say that this group today fits us necessarily better than any of those other groups, but I will say this. I think that there is a tendency... I think there is a propensity for this group to be found in people just like us. In people that find themselves in our same kind of situation, we may find ourselves in this very same kind of deep need. And I'll show you by the time we get there. I hope that you're not, and I hope that you never are. But just in case you are, this passage ought to help you. Psalm 107 has those four great groups of people in great need and in distress, but the first three verses are more than just introduction. The first three verses of the psalm serve sort of as an umbrella for every one of those four groups. In fact, if you look there at the beginning in verse number one, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. I have to tell you this, this group today is going to acknowledge in their head that God is good. But this group today is going to come to a point of saying, but I'm just not sure he's good enough. When, the, when that verse continues and says, for his mercy endures forever, the people in this group are going to say, yep, I believe that. I believe that God is merciful. But in my situation, I'm just not sure that he's merciful enough. Now listen, every person in this room who knows Jesus as Lord and Savior has tasted of the goodness of God. Every person in this room who has met Jesus as Lord and Savior knows that God deals with us mercifully. And so you turn then to verse number 2 and it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, say so. Listen, if God has been good to you, you need to say so. If God is merciful to you, you need to say so. If for no other reason, because there are people who need to know in their situation when they think God's not good enough and they think God's not merciful enough that He cannot help them, they need to hear from people just like you that He can help them. That's why it says, those whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands. From where? From the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. 
It's everybody. Everybody who knows the Lord knows what deliverance is like. Everybody who knows the Lord knows what His mercy is like. Everybody who knows the Lord knows what His goodness is like. And we've seen it so far in these different groups of people. We saw in that first section of that first group that God feeds the poor. We saw in that second group of that second section last week that God frees the prisoner. What I want you to discover today out of this passage is that God forgives the profane. For those who have lived life profaning the name of God. Now, as we've looked at those sections, there have been two questions that we've asked about each one. They're the same two questions that I want to ask about this group today that begins in verse 17. The first question that I want to ask is, who are these people? Who are they? We call them the profane. Why do we call them that? And really, who are they? Verse number 17, as it opens up, he, he introduces us to them specifically by name, and the Bible gives them the name fools. Fools. I have to tell you, I got in a lot of trouble growing up using that word. You know, I mean, I grew up in the 70s on a steady diet of sitcoms like Sanford and Son. And when Aunt Esther called people a fish-eyed fool, I walked around calling everybody a fish-eyed fool. My daddy told me, <laughs> they might be fish-eyed, but you still can't call them that, you know. He took me to the Bible and showed me all these different verses. And I learned pretty quick I'm not qualified to call somebody a fool. But the Bible is qualified. In fact, the Bible uses that word a number of times. And, in fact, the Bible defines that word for us. Listen. Twice in the book of Psalms, the Bible records this very same verse in two very different places. The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, is this how you know what a fool is? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now it doesn't say he says it with his mouth. There are a number of people who live as if there is no God who would never, ever admit out loud that they believe that there is no God. Now, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The verse continues, he says, they are corrupt. It says, they have done abominable works. Or One translation says, abominable iniquity. It says, there is none who does good. That's a fool. A fool is a person who lives life as if they are not accountable to God. A fool is a person who lives his life corrupted. A fool is a person who lives life doing things that the Bible refers to as abominable. These are people who have profaned the name of God. Yet the Bible clearly says not to do that. Listen to this verse out of Leviticus. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. This is a group of people who have not known the freeing power of God. These are a group of people who have not known the sanctification of God. These are a group of people who instead profane God's name, God's people, God's words, 
and God's ways. When I begin to think about these profane fools, I want to know a little bit more about them. I want to know who they are. Why are they in this circumstance? There are three different things that the Bible tells us about these profane fools that does attribute to their being written about, that does attribute to their circumstances here. Let me give them to you. Number one, the profane are transgressors. The profane are transgressors. Verse number 17, after he introduces us to them by calling them fools, shows us that this group of people fits that classic biblical definition of a fool. Look at what it says. Verse 17, fools, because of their transgressions, because of their iniquities. That's what they're known for. They're known for transgression. They are known for iniquities. Just as that definition said, they have done abominable iniquities. That's this person. Let me give you another verse. Maybe you want to write this down just in the corner of your Bible or there in your notes somewhere. It's Psalm 32 and verse 5. Psalm 32 verse 5. David confesses in that verse. And he says, I acknowledged my sin to you. And my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. In that verse, he uses three different words for sin. Sin, transgression, iniquity. We have two of those right here in verse number 17. It would be too easy to look at that and simply say, well, those are just synonyms with one another. He's just simply trying to say the same thing. Whereas they are indeed synonymous They are not the same words. Each one has its own specific nuance that you need to be aware of. For example, the word sin is more of a general term. It literally means to miss the mark. So when you read in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23 when the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it means that they have missed the mark. It means that they're simply not where God wants them to be. God says, do something, and they don't do it. God says, don't do something, and they do it anyway. That's the life of a sinner. A transgression, on the other hand. A transgression refers to a presumptuous sin. It means to willfully and intentionally disobey God. This is a person who, who, who chooses sin. Transgression is not a slip-up. Instead, you have that immediate sense that this is something wrong, and yet you choose to do it anyway. You know? I remember one time watching a movie that I knew I didn't have any business watching, and I remember praying before the movie came on, Lord, please forgive me in advance for watching this movie. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It seems like we treat the Lord that way. God, I know what I'm about to do is wrong, but you just you know who I am. You know how I am. The Lord will understand. The Lord will just forgive me. Listen, that's a transgression. It is a willful, deliberate choice to sin. Iniquity, on the other hand, has deeper roots than that. 
Iniquity doesn't deal just with the sin itself. It deals with the mindset that is behind it. Iniquity is a premeditated choice and it is the continuation in that sin without repentance. That's the life of a profane person. That is the life, the Bible says, of a fool. A person who chooses their sinfulness above God and above everything else. That's who these people are. The profane are transgressors, number two. I want you to see that the profane are troubled. The profane are troubled. Verse number 17 continues, and it's because of their transgression and because of their iniquities. Notice what the Bible says at the end of verse 17. They were afflicted. They were afflicted. We've already seen the companion word affliction in our passage so far, and we made note that it meant the misery that is associated with trouble. When I invite trouble into my life, know that there are going to be consequences. There are going to be things that I will suffer for inviting that into my life, for willfully choosing, deliberately choosing to be a part of that. The misery that comes with it is what this affliction is about. So this is not a person who simply messes up one time. This is a person who chooses to live life in absolute contradiction to God's Word and to the person and nature of God. And they're miserable for it. They're miserable for it. Listen, the Bible tells us clearly that the most miserable person in the world is not the, is not the down and out sinner. The most miserable person in the world is the person who knows Christ and is not living that way. That's what the Bible says about Lot. The most miserable man in all the world who knew what righteousness was like and chose unrighteousness instead. These are a group of people who are in trouble. And here's the issue. It's their sinful choices that led them to trouble. And it is being in trouble that has led them to being troubled. I mean, you can be in trouble and just not even know it. But when you're so reminded of your own choices, when you're so reminded of the trouble that is inflicted in your life and in the life of your family, you find yourself being troubled by that. It's the life of the profane person. Look, if you will, in verse number 18. Verse number 18 tells you just how desperate their situation really is. And the Bible gives us this insight. It says, their soul abhorred all manner of food. They hated it. It's not their body. Their body is yearning for food. Their body is yearning for energy. Their body needs that food. But it's their heart. It's their soul that has them so torn that they don't even want to eat. Have you ever been so brokenhearted that you just don't feel like eating? That's what this passage is about. 
Listen to this verse. This comes about five psalms earlier in Psalm 102. The psalmist says, My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to their skin. When I have a spiritual issue, I have a spiritual affliction, I mean, it's going to lead to an emotional trouble. It's going to lead to an emotional affliction. And it's likely going to manifest itself as a physical issue. Somebody said their daily bread has been replaced by their daily dread. They have literally made themselves sick. Yesterday, we did the funeral of one of Lee Bryant's friends growing up, best friends growing up. She fits this category today. She fits the category of a profane fool. She fits that category because of the choices of her life. She never thought that those choices would catch up to her. She never thought that she would be answerable in this life or even in the next. And if she did think that at some point, it's her choices, her behaviors, her addictions that were just overwhelming. She chose those things over God and over the things of God. Lee told me, he said, you'll remember her. You'll remember her. She came to church a few times. And I said, okay, what, you know, what's her name? He told me her name. I said, man, I just can't, I, I can't place that name. And I walked in there in the funeral home where that casket was, you know, and they show the pictures on the screen, all these different life things. And I looked at the pictures, I said, yeah, I, I remember her. I didn't, I didn't put the name with that person, but I thought, yeah, I do remember her. And then I walked over to the casket. I thought I was in the wrong room. Those choices emaciated this girl. Those choices physically manifested themselves as deterioration. Her daily bread was her daily dread. And it all came right back to these verses in verses 17 and 18. Trying to answer the question, who are these people? One, you need to know that these are people that you know. These are people that you work with. These are people that you live with. These are people that you grew up with. I hope to goodness these are not people that you go to church with. But I'm not going to say that that's not so. The profane are transgressors. The profane are deeply, deeply troubled. Number three, the profane are tanking. They're tanking and they are tanking fast. 
Look, if you will, at the end of verse number 18. After it says their soul abhorred all manner of food, it says they drew near to the gates of death. Distress has them at death's door. This is a person who no longer has any hope. This is a person who knows, they know that they're at the end of their rope and there's nowhere else to go. What is it that brings a person to this point? There are a number of factors and there are a number of different kinds of people that you can look at and say, well, this kind of person fits in these passages. Most commentators land on two. I say they're the same. They're one and the same. It's just different outlets. It's the alcoholic or the drug addict. That's primarily who this verse is being written about. We have talked at length about the dangers of beverage alcohol. I wish, man, I wish I could get that through to every member of our church. That is poison. You are slowly poisoning yourself every single day. You pass it on to your children. You pass it on to your grandchildren. You get to a point of saying, how can I tell them not to? Yeah, that's right. Just stop. Listen, the biggest issue in this, and I think the biggest issue that fits in these passages today, is not the, it's not the fall down drunk. I, I, I think he finds himself in another passage of Scripture. And it's not the, I, I don't even think it's the good old boy who goes to have a few beers with his buddies. You know who I see in this passage more than anybody else when it comes to alcohol? Is the wine drinker. Wine makes it seem as if we are sophisticated. As if somehow we're grown. As if it is somehow less barbaric. As if it is somehow less addictive. And so we throw around those things and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm doing this for my heart. I'm doing this for my health. What chemo patient ever signs up and says, hey, I know I don't have cancer anymore, but can I still get some of that poison? And yet we continually choose those things over the Lord. When the Bible is so clear and it says wine is a mocker. It laughs you to scorn. <laughs> it knows good and well that it has you in its grasp and you don't even know it. Wine is a mocker. The verse continues, Intoxicating drink arouses brawling and whoever is led astray by it, it always leads you astray. Whoever is led astray by it is not wise. What a great message of hope as Pastor Tim teaches that there is forgiveness for those that have lived life profaning the name of God. God has redeeming love for all of us. 
and desires a personal relationship with each one of us. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.